Hey there and welcome to Soul Church. Our prayer is that this message encourages you wherever you may be in life. You know, we've been hearing so many stories about what God is doing in people's lives and we'd love to hear yours. So take a second and send your story to stories at soulchurch.com. Thanks again for joining us today and we hope that you enjoy the message. God bless. Welcome everyone to Sabbatical Sunday. We hope you've had an amazing summer holidays. Well done to all of our parents surviving six weeks nearly of summer holidays. And yeah, I hope you've created some great memories with the family. And uh, yeah, we can't wait. We're going to be back in the room this next Sunday. And Chantal and I over the past 12 months have been reflecting on the pace we've been running um, as a couple, but also as a church. And we felt the need for a couple of intentional pauses throughout the year, this being one of them. And we've named it Sabbatical Sunday. And um, historically, it's been one of the lowest attended weekends of the church. And we just thought we would uh, give all of our incredible dream team, which is our volunteer um, army, a, a rest and let them spend some extra time with their families and friends. And we'll shoot online church And uh, yeah, let's see how it goes. And we can come back next week, fired up, replenished, ready to go, because I am so excited for what God's going to do through the last third uh, of 2022. And we really want to be still here in 20 years. We want to be running our race in 25, 30 years time. But to do that, we need to pace ourselves as this is a marathon, not a sprint. But today really is a thank you to all of our volunteers. We really do love and appreciate you. I think one of the biggest challenges society faces is they struggle to uh, struggle to slow down. Um, during my study recently, I found out that uh, the average person gets two hours sleep less than the average person did 50 years ago. And we struggle to rest and we strive to work more. Uh, Job 2018 in the message translation says they spit out their food half chewed, unable to relax and enjoy anything that they've worked for. And we're unable to enjoy what we've worked for because we're so busy, Job says, trying to um, achieve more, trying to acquire more things. So why don't we start with a bit of a test today? Okay, so if you've got a pen and paper, you've got your smartphone, just jot these things down. I'm calling it the workaholic test. And by the way, I failed all six. So let's see how you get on, all right? So let's see if you are a workaholic or not. Okay, number one is this. Are you always in a hurry? Yes. Is your to-do list always too long? Yes. Do you use your days off to catch up on unfinished work? Yes, yes. Okay. Has anyone ever told you, slow down? My wife is continually telling me to slow down, so guilty on that one. Do you feel guilty uh, when you need to relax? Sadly, I do. And do you sometimes have to get sick to get time off? Now, I think we're all at least guilty of one of those. Uh, for me, it's definitely all six. But Chantal and I have been really challenging ourselves on this word balance, balance. And uh, I, I don't think you ever necessarily crack balance. It's not like you suddenly arrive, and go, I've got a balanced life. But I definitely think uh, we can all get better in this area. And I'm kind of speaking to myself today and you're listening. And I want to give you a couple of takeaways to help you understand where we're going. But our first takeaway on Sabbatical Sunday is God considers rest as important as work. Often we think 
of uh, work as, uh, you know, when we're doing something spiritual or when we're in the building or when we're doing this or when we're achieving more or doing some overtime, we think, well, we're going to get more love or, you know, gratification from God. But I think God smiles on his children when we're resting. One of the things I love to do is to go into my children's bedside uh, after they fall asleep and give them that final kiss goodnight. And I love to see them at rest at peace. I think one of the greatest joys is our Heavenly Father is when he sees his children at rest. Exodus chapter 31 says, It is a sign forever between me and the Israelites that in six days the Lord made the heavens and the earth, and on the seventh day the Lord rested. And I love what it says next. It says, And he was refreshed. You know, even God rested. I don't know necessarily whether God needed to rest because he's like almighty God, but I think what he was doing, he was modeling for humanity what we needed. And, you know, often I have to ask myself, why don't we get enough rest? Why do we strive to work more? I think the actual enemy is quite crafty with rest. He always tries to just take our rest, steal our joys, take, uh, remove those things that replenish our lives. And first of all, uh, the enemy can use our identity. It's when I base my worth on my work instead of my rest. The second thing is materialism, always wanting more things. We have to work, work, work to, to get the better car or get the bigger house or to do more. And so if I want more, the enemy says I've got to work more, which means it, to work more means I rest less. King Solomon says in Proverbs 23, don't wear yourself out trying to get rich. Be smart enough to stop. Know when to stop. You know, I don't know who said it, but this famous quote says, the first half of our lives we sacrifice for our health to get wealth. The second half of our lives, we sacrifice our wealth to try and get our health back. How many times have I seen people do that? The third thing that the enemy can use when it comes to rest is is envy. Trying to keep up with everyone else. Maybe someone has got that bigger car or someone has got that more expensive pair of trainers. And you know what enemy do? Enemy Envy will do? Envy will wear you out. I found that in my own life. Trying to compare myself to others. Envy wears you out. And envy steals your rest. King Solomon, again, in the book of Ecclesiastes, chapter 4, says this, I also observe that people work hard and become good at what they do only out of mutual envy. This too, Solomon says, is pointless. Just wind chasing. The fourth thing that the enemy can use is goals. When goals become more important than people, we can get ourselves in trouble. When we're always working to achieve more or do more, it steals our rest. And the fifth one I think we can all relate to is worry. The fear of never having enough. Or maybe losing what we do have. Now that's the problem, okay? That's the worst part of the message out of the way. Let's jump into the solution. I'm a solution-oriented person. How do we live a more balanced, rest-filled life? And David gives us some real, really much needed help here. And we're going to go to the most famous chapter in all of the scriptures. Often it's used at funerals, but we're not going to use it at a funeral today. We're going to use it on sabbatical Sunday, Psalm 23. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. Then he says in verse 2, he makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. And verse 3 says, he restores my soul. I want to just talk for a for a few moments, unrested, refreshed, and restored. 
rested, refreshed, and restored. That's Chantal and I's prayer for our church today, this weekend, as we head into a big season of church life with half the house and the wonder and all the great things that come into this season. I want to talk about rest, being refreshed, and being restored. And these are three things that the Good Shepherd does for us. Number one is this, he makes me rest. He makes me lie down in green pastures. You know, Christ, if you choose him to be a shepherd, he'll make you do some things that maybe you don't want to do. The first instruction from the shepherd was not work, it was rest. God created you and I to rest. God created us to sleep. You know, our our minds and our bodies cannot function properly without a good night's sleep, a good night's rest. And our shepherd knows that we need rest. You know, sheep, they only ever lay down to rest or sleep. You know, has God ever made me lie down because I wouldn't slow down? Yes. In 2016, I was made to lie down in my bed for four weeks because I contracted pneumonia. And I realized pneumonia comes on because of stress, because of working too much. And I've learned this the hard way. And Jesus, he constantly, in his three years on earth, he constantly, in ministry and on earth, he constantly advanced, retreated, advanced, retreated. Seven times, the Bible says, he, re, he, he retreated in three years. That's two plus retreats every year. Luke twenty two thirty nine 39 says, he came out and went, as was his habit, to the Mount of Olives, and the disciples followed him. What encourages to learn and to relax and rest like Jesus? You know, confession time. I lived in Cape Town, South Africa for nearly seven years. And some of the most, some of the most beautiful memories that Chantal and I have as a young married couple. And we used to love going on a run through a place called Camps Bay and all around that area. It's just stunning. And there were some of the most desirable and affluent and unaffordable homes uh, in the whole world in, on those clifftops. But one of the things I noticed is hardly anyone was ever in them. And I asked, the, I asked one of the gardeners one day, I said, why, 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 is, why, why aren't these homes ever used? They said, oh, they're, they're holiday homes, but they hardly ever get used because people are too busy at work. And I thought, how sad that, you know, that even when we acquire assets or we acquire things and we can have people around us, we, we maybe don't even tap into the things that God's given us because we're so busy trying to acquire more. And we have to actually lose the desire to acquire and find rest in Christ. Psalm 4, 8 says, In peace I will both lie down and sleep. For you alone, O Lord, make me dwell in safety. God wants you to lie down in peace tonight. For you, O Lord, Lord, make me dwell in safety. So the the first one is this, he makes me rest. Number two is he leads me into refreshment. He leads me into it. Another thing about sheep that maybe you don't know is sheep don't like change. Um, That's probably another reason that the Bible compares us to sheep because humans don't like change. And and sheep will stay in one place and they, they, I'm told that sheep graze and gaze. Graze, gaze. They just keep grazing and gazing. Uh, A little bit like my kids. They just keep grazing and gazing. And they graze and they gaze until all the grass is gone unless somebody leads those sheep into greener pastures. So my kids, they would just watch TV and they would just eat snack food all day unless daddy comes in and says, we're not watching television today. We're going to be intentional. We're going to go for a bike ride. We're going to eat healthy fruit and vegetables because we are just sheep. The Bible says we graze and we gaze. 
And Jesus comes along, he says, he makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside the still waters. You know, sheep would eventually die because of lack of refreshment. So the shepherd is placed over their care so that he will lead them into greener pastures. And sheep are in need of leadership, and so am I. And refreshment, if you're writing this down, write this down, this is so critical. Refreshment always requires change. Just as natural sheep have to be led into a greener pasture, when it comes to rest, we need to change an environment. And it means one day a week, we allow the shepherd to lead us away from our work, to lead us away from college, lead us away from our studies. It's called the Sabbath. The Sabbath. It's where we set a day aside in our week to rest. In Exodus chapter 20, verse 9, it's actually a commandment. It says, six days you may work and do all your task, but the seventh day is a Sabbath, is a rest to the Lord your God. Do not do any work on it. You know, when it comes to the Ten Commandments, we would not dream of breaking any of them apart from this one. Well, I hope you wouldn't steal. Okay, I hope you wouldn't do any of the other ones. All right. But when it comes to this one, we have no problem breaking it. And God is saying every seventh day, I want to refresh you. And it's not for God's benefit. It's for our benefit. So we don't burn out. So I've got a question. You ready? When is your Sabbath? For me, my Sabbath is a Monday. Sunday is full on with work, with church and people and connections and preaching and all the things that we get to serve in our church. So Monday is our Sabbath. And it doesn't matter what day a week it is. It does matter that you have a day a week. And so what should we do on our Sabbath? Here's a good question. What should you do? I'm going to give you three ideas. Okay. Number one is this. Rest your body. Rest your body. Okay, so don't feel guilty on a Sabbath about taking a siesta. Don't feel guilty about, you know, eating some of your favorite food. Don't feel guilty about going to the gym. Do whatever it is to rest your body. Second is recharge your emotions. And what recharges you and what recharges me would be very, very different. Recharging your emotions is an individual process. For some, it's quiet time. For others, it's like playing loud music in their bedroom. It like recharges you. I don't know how that does that, but for some people, that is fantastic. For others, it's like solitude. You need to be on your own. For others, it's like I need to be around 25 people to recharge my emotions. Um, for others, it could be going for a run or going to your favorite beach, whatever it is, but you need to recharge your emotions. Number three, refocus our spirit. So number one, rest your body. Number two, recharge your emotion. And number three, refocus our spirit. And for all of us, that means prayer and reading our Bibles. Maybe receiving communion as a family. Definitely, if your Sabbath is a Sunday, coming to the house of God. And you know, it's amazing. We, we, schedule, our, we schedule our work, don't we? We schedule our appointments, our meetings. We schedule all the things... But we, wouldn't, we don't schedule our Sabbath. And I want to encourage you to schedule your Sabbath. How are you going to recharge your emotions? How are you going to rest your body? How are you going to refocus your spirit? Don't be afraid to put those things in the diary every week. So number, number one, hope you're taking this. He makes me rest. Number two, he leads me into refreshment. And finally, number three, and I, I love this one, he restores my soul. 
he restores my soul. Restore means to fill up, to refill. And as we make a choice to rest, you know what God does? He sees that. He says, I'm going to come and I'm going to fill, fill your cup. He does it by, first of all, making us rest, reminding us that our worth and our value is in him. You see, the antidote to restoration is understanding my value to God. See, it's not what I do that gives me my worth. It's who I belong to. My worth is not based on I'm a pastor or I'm a whatever. My worth is I'm a child of God. I am yours and he is mine. As I rest and refresh myself in him, he restores my soul. We put so much focus, don't we, on the body. We put so much focus on the mind and go to, you know, reading, listening to podcasts, you know, renewing the mind and going to the gym and going for a run, restoring the body. But what about replenishing the soul? So I want to pray in just a moment. And stillness begins with, with switching off. You know, I, I, I don't know about you, but I probably make some of my worst decisions. And I'm not talking about big, bad, ugly, dark decisions. I'm talking about just eating the wrong foods late at night or, you know, working on my day off or forgetting to, to read my Bible. All those things that we can naturally tend to do. But I make some of those bad decisions when I'm low on rest. And I can so easily, like you do, we can violate the Sabbath that God created us to rest. So really today is a call to rest. It's pretty cool, eh? We're calling the church to rest. We're calling you to honor the Sabbath. We're calling you to hear the shepherd's voice. I think I'm going to ask you one more question, and I've asked myself this question. is, What do I need to switch off to be able to hear the shepherd's voice? We live in a world which is full of distraction. We live in a world which is constantly bombarding us for our attention. Social media, there's so many different platforms that are trying to get our attention and taking our focus. God is saying today, there's nothing wrong with any of those things. But he describes himself as a jealous God. Why is he jealous? Because he longs to spend time with you and I. So I want to pray for you. I want to pray right now. I want to pray that God would come and replenish you, restore you, refresh you. And uh, then practically, maybe it means you need to sit down with your family and, and schedule a Sabbath. You know, schedule some time off to restore yourself. And uh, I'm also going to pray for people right now who are struggling to sleep, struggling to rest. Maybe your mind is going a thousand miles an hour. You're trying to do the next thing and accomplish more and do more and acquire more and all these things. God is saying today, sabbatical Sunday, rest. Come with me. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Father God, we thank you for this Sunday. We've taken time aside to rest from the busyness of opening the building, from the busyness of coming together. And I know for many that's difficult because they're all alone and this is their week where there's their day where they get to be with people. But I pray even in this solitude moment that we would find rest in you. I pray you would speak to us, Father. I pray we would be able to block off distractions, disappointments, the things that take our attention off you we would find rest for our souls. Pray families, Father, would take time out to think about ways that they can honor you with the Sabbath. Lord, this wasn't a suggestion in the word, this is a command. 
There's only 10 commandments, and one of them is to honour you with our rest. So we honour you today. Pray for those in our church that are struggling to rest, maybe even struggling to sleep. Maybe they're struggling with insomnia, nightmares. Father God, I pray for sweet sleep tonight. I pray that you would remove dark thoughts, you would remove some of the challenges in their mind and you'd replace it with your perfect peace, the shalom of God. I pray as a church, Father, we'd run this, way, run this race at your pace, not at our pace, Father God, but at your pace. And you'd help us to know when we need to put our foot on the accelerator and when to put our foot on the brake. And as we press on the brake today, we would find rest for our souls. In Jesus' name. We just pray for one more group of people. You've never made a decision to follow Jesus. Maybe you've tuned in online today, maybe just flashed up and got a notification. You, you've landed here and you think, wow, this is new. Well, today I've been talking about Jesus, his love towards you. God isn't just a God of rest. He is a God of love. That's who he is. I don't know your story. I don't know anything about you, but God does. He's got a plan, a destiny and a purpose for your life. Even if you just came for the first time today, you say, I know nothing, but I'm in turmoil in my heart. I'm, I'm struggling at home. I'm struggling in my marriage. I'm struggling in my school. Today, you can find peace and rest in Him. We never conclude any of our services without giving people an opportunity to make their peace with God. So I'm going to pray right now. and I'd love you to repeat this prayer after me. As you do, I believe that Christ will come into your heart and forgive you of your sins, give you a brand new start. So come on, let's say this together. Dear Lord Jesus, thank you for dying for me. Thank you that you love me. Right now, I ask you that you would come into my heart. Forgive me of my sins. Give me a brand new start from this day forward. Amen. Amen. Congratulations if you said that prayer for the first time today or you reconnected with God. Please let us know in the chat. Just maybe write, I have decided, or give us a thumbs up. One of our team are going to be watching online right now. They're going to reach back out to you. We're going to help you take the next step forward. And once again, I want to say thank you for joining us today. It's been an absolute pleasure having you with us on Sabbatical Sunday. Slightly shorter service than normal. I want to make sure that you're maximizing this day. And so we love you. Can't wait to see you back online next week or back in the building. And uh, fantastic. Have the best weekend. Don't eat too much, okay? Even though I'm going to get some ice cream later. God bless. Stay safe. See you soon. Thanks again for tuning in. And if you said the salvation prayer today, we'd love for you to email connecttofaith@soulchurch.com so we can talk to you a little bit more about this incredible decision that you've just made. Yeah, you know, and if at any point in the service you felt moved to give towards any of our local or global initiatives, then head to soulchurch.com and click on the giving at the top of the page. Thanks again for joining us today, and we hope to see you again soon. God bless.